into a service. Man, I'm excited, man. I, we, we're so blessed. I was just telling the, the praise team a few of them, man, it's, it's incredible. The talent we have, we've just been blessed. And uh, it's just a joy. Uh, well, you see, I, I came hopefully prepared. Uh, I like to hike. And uh, Zach told us uh, last week the importance of gather. And that's, uh, again, you're going to be hearing this a lot over the next few years. But this is not just a series for us. This is a culture that we're setting in the church, and gather is important. And, you know, Jesus commanded it. And, guys, you, uh, congratulations, you're doing exactly what he said to do. He said, come together as a body. And, guys, the church is you guys, not the building. We've been blessed with great facilities, but you are the church and the body is alive, we need each other, and so congratulations on the first step in the journey, gather. Uh, today we're going to look at another step in the journey, and uh, it's called grow, and uh, if you'll go, ahead, go back to the first slide, um, I want to share with you, I, this is a backpack that I've taken all over the country, uh, I love to hike, been to Montana, California, Grand Canyon, uh, was blessed uh, many years to get to go a lot of different places. And, you know, Zach had shared his uh, hiking 20 or 50 miles, ever how much it was as a Boy Scout. I'm kidding. Uh, we're, we're competitive, so, you know, he was, you know, showing his bravado. And so I thought, man, I need to, I need to uh, up my game. So I brought my backpack. And, um, you know, Zach shared last week, you know, they, they had to kill poisonous snakes. Uh, they were gracious, though. I, I don't believe there's any good snake, but uh, I've been told they are. He said his troop, the scout leader, never would shoot a good snake. Uh, so a non-poisonous snake they left alone. And Zach said there was one on the trail that was right near his head, you know, close. And the leader goes, hey, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Just don't mess with it. He'll leave you alone. And I thought, I just said, give me the gun. I would have shot the snake. But... Um, so this is my backpack. I wanted to share with you a quick story. We're going to be talking about growing. And uh, the first slide there, it says, discipleship's a journey. And guys, it's not a sprint. This is a hiking boot. Actually, it's the only hiking boot I've ever owned. Um, I've had it 25 years. And my last huge hike, I was in Canada with my family and another family. We went cross country, one of the best trips of our lives. And I started noticing my boot was breaking down. Well, everybody knows on a hiking journey, you never get new boots because you'll get blisters. You, you take the old boot, and I had never got a blister in these boots, not one time. And I've hiked hundreds of miles in them. But my boot started breaking down. And by the next to the last day, my boot, there used to be a huge metal rod through the, the bottom. I kept feeling that metal rod hitting my foot, and so I had a problem. So the last day, uh, we were going on a hike, pretty substantial elevation. I didn't tell anybody. I don't like to make a big deal, so I, I just wore my tennis shoe and my other good hiking boot. And we were about two or three miles into the trail, and my wife looks down in horror because you got to be... Uh, dress properly anywhere you go and uh she said honey you got two different shoes on 
And I had to explain to her what had happened to my boot. And comfort was more important than killing myself with the shoe. Uh, so uh, we made it up the mountain. But discipleship, guys, is a journey. And it's a slow build. It's not something you do quickly. It's something that Jesus modeled. Uh, matter of fact, Jesus thought it was so important that he spent three and a half years of his life with 12 guys. And so what we're going to be talking about, the second step in your journey, is to grow. And basically that means spiritual maturity. It means to grow up in your faith. And so I was congratulating you. The first step is to gather. That's, that's easy because you can be a spectator on Sunday morning, and, and that's okay, but God wants you to take the next step. And so you're going to be hearing in the life of our church every week, every month, hey, where are you in the journey? And so this part of the journey is very important, and uh, we're going to look at a popular passage of Scripture in Matthew 28. So if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to that. Um, but I'm going to set up the, the, the passage before we read it. This was so important to Jesus. His whole life led up to the statement we're going to share, okay? And I want you to get a taste of the audience that Jesus was talking to. It's incredible. He was talking to 12 men, one that was a traitor. Most people believe that most of the disciples were teenagers. And he's depending on them carry out the plan of the gospel, to carry out what discipleship looks like. And so he shared his life, and uh, before we look at Matthew 28, I'm going to share another uh, scripture that's really important. A week before Jesus shares Matthew 28, a few days before he shares it, this is what he shares in Mark 10, verse 30, uh, 32. Jesus said this, And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. Again, journey. He's leading the way. He's modeling. He's emulating what it means to be a disciple. He's going to the cross. He's going to Jerusalem. He's on the road going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus was walking ahead of them. And they were amazed. And those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what it was that would happen to him. So he's been night and day pouring his life into these men. And then a week before he shares Mark 10, hey, I'm going to lead the way like I always do. I'm going to model what I'm teaching. And I'm going to show you in relationship, hey, guys, let's come off the, the trail. Let's get in a smaller group where we can really connect with each other. Because, guys, I'm going to tell you, Sunday morning is great, but you can't really, really connect unless you get smaller. Now, we can talk and have a good time, and it's good, but to really connect, you got to go small. And so Jesus took his 12. So if you'll turn to Matthew 28, this is what Jesus says in that popular passage. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. So they're already being obedient to what he told them. Verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. I've always, there's a few scriptures that make me go, huh, what in the world's going on here? So Jesus had already uh, appeared to him several times. 
Matter of fact, he appeared to Thomas, and Thomas goes, I won't believe you're really Jesus unless I see uh, the piercing in your side and your nail-scarred hands. And Jesus showed him. So I don't believe this is an issue. Now, some people disagree with me, but some people believe that they were still doubting it was Jesus. I don't believe that. I believe it says they worshipped him. I mean, I wouldn't worship somebody if it wasn't Jesus. But they worshipped him, but it says some doubted. And I, I kept thinking, what is that? And then for me, it just was like common sense. They were doubting that they could follow Jesus. We just read in, in Mark 10, they were afraid. And I, I, God, Jesus, I don't know if I can, I can go to the cross. I don't know if I can, can face this humiliation. I don't know if I can suffer the way you're asking me to. I, I get that. I mean, we're blessed to live in a country where we're free. But I, I don't know what I would do if God says, hey, you're going to suffer. I, I hope I would do the right thing. But they were, they were struggling. They were doubting. God, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Now, now, catch what Jesus tells them in the next verse. It's so incredible, so powerful. He says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So what's he doing? Hey, guys, quit looking at yourselves. You can't do anything of significance on your own. You can look back at John 15 to get that point. He says, Look at me. Focus on me. I've got all authority. I'm going to take care of you. I will give you the strength you need when you need it. And so I think they, they were encouraged. Then he shares the words we've heard at least. If you've been in church, church for a long time, you've heard this at least a hundred times. The Great Commission is what it's called, but it's Matthew uh, 28, 18 through 20. Let me read it. Um, or 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus is clarifying a command for us. So again, this journey that we're talking about, we're talking about the second step. We don't, it's not a perfect model that we're giving you as a church, but we believe, Zach and I believe, it's, it's a practical and very useful model. Matter of fact, you're going to be able to gauge your spiritual journey from this model. And so Jesus says, I've got a command for you. And he says three different things in that command. He says, I want you to go. I want you to baptize. Then I want you to make disciples, teaching them to obey the Bible. So he gives three things. This week, we're not going to talk about the going part. And I'm going to be honest with you. One of the reasons we don't want to talk about that this week, I want to make sure you understand what Jesus, the author of what discipleship looks like and how he defines it and what it means. I want to make sure you understand that because we don't want you to go make disciples if it's not biblical. Because what good is that? Matter of fact, in my earlier uh, time in ministry, one of the churches I was involved in, we were good at introducing people to Jesus, getting them to make decisions, but we weren't making disciples. 
And I can look back as a young man going, man, God, I really wish I would have understood more what this meant. And um, matter of fact, I think there's a lot of spiritual babies that I left on their own saying, hey, you can figure out how to mature and how to grow. We just got to introduce you to Jesus, and, and that's not what discipleship is. But Jesus starts in the first part, he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the first step in your journey is if is to come to a place where you follow Jesus, that you know Jesus. But baptism is the first step. It's the first step in your walk. So some of you, you've, you have a relationship with Christ, but you haven't followed the first command in the Great Commission to be baptized. I want to challenge you today. In the journey, the second step of your growing is obedience to baptism. Uh, we'll be glad to set that up next week or whenever you would uh, would uh, be good for you. But we want you to be obedient. Not because we're saying it, but because Christ commanded it. And so baptism is the starting line, not the finish line. Again, sadly for me, we used to treat baptism like it was the finish line. Woo! They got it. They made it. And then we just assumed they would... Uh, figure out what it meant to grow. and um, But it shouldn't be that way. Um, if I were going to give you a formula, this is from Jim Putman out of Real Life Church in Idaho. Uh, they're impacting the gospel in incredible ways and um, planning church after church and just impacting all over the, the world, actually. This is his formula for discipleship, and I really like it, so I, I copied it. Discipleship is the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the people of God. You can't be a disciple if you don't have Jesus Christ living inside you, the Spirit of God in you. Then if you have that, then you've got to be a part of the Word of God, teach and obey that we're going to look at. And then it's got to be about the people of God. It's never separate. Um, Matter of fact, I'll say another quote. It says, you can't separate the teachings of Jesus and the methods of Jesus and get the results of Jesus. So what were the methods of Jesus? You know that Jesus spent about 75 to 80% of his time with the 12. So large gathering was important. He, he spent time doing that. It was important. Because he wanted to introduce people to what the first step was. But then he took the 12 that really got it. So I'm going to take you deeper. Because maturity happens in relationship. Jesus spent three and a half years living with these men. And I was sharing earlier in the service. Remember the story about Peter when he denied Jesus? And then Jesus came back and he said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do the, do the work of ministry. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Jesus was re-emphasizing once again, hey, Peter, discipleship is in relationship. You can't do it separate. Um, so Jesus' methodology for teaching was in relationship. And, and you guys know this. Relationship takes time, right? 
discipleship takes time. There's going to be people in this room that are further along in their journey than you. And that's okay. Again, we're not here to guilt you. We just want you to know where you are in the journey. But as God begins to move on your heart to take steps, we want to help you. And so it all happens in relationship. Remember what Jesus said? He said, hey, guys, if I took this whole book and summed it up in one statement, what did he say? All of the law and the prophets, all of the book, the Bible, can be summed up in love God and love others. Relationship. Even the term make disciples. You can't do that by yourself. It's relational. Um, give you another statement. Jesus said, you will know my disciples by their love for one another. So I've heard it said, people say, hey, I don't have to go to gatherings. I don't have to be a part of the body to love God and be faithful to God. I'm like, you must not be reading the book. The book says you've got to love in community. That's the only way you can know where you're gauged at in your love. It's not Bible knowledge that gauges your spiritual maturity. That's a good thing to have, and it's part of it, but it's not all of it. You know, you guys can, we can know the Bible and still miss the heart of God. Have you ever been around people like that? Man, they, golly, they, they, know, the, they know the word. They have no love in their heart. Jesus says, you'll know my disciples by how they love each other. So when Jesus was making this statement in Matthew 28, he was saying, hey, guys, I've shown you the way. Now model exactly what I did. Was I merciful? Was I kind? Was I grace? Absolutely. I want, we want authentic relationships here. They take time. And they happen in small groups. Every rule that Jesus made was to protect and promote relationships. I never really thought about that. Every time Jesus had a command, it was to protect and to promote relationships. Honor your father and mother. Stay married for a lifetime. It's about relationships. The second part of the verse, we, we, we talked about what baptism is, and, and that's important. But then Jesus said something very key. He said, guys, I want you to teach them not just to hear Bible stories. I want you to teach them to obey. That's why we need each other. You know, when you, when you look at Jesus and how he taught the disciples, it was always a question and answer time. We, we need each other, guys. You guys can help me. I can help you because we have different experiences and we have different areas where we're further along in the journey. We learn maturity in relationship to God and others. You know, I was thinking Jesus never sent the disciples out alone. 
they, they, they never did ministry alone. I got to thinking, why did he do that? Again, his methods, they're important. He wanted to teach, as you go in relationship, as you go in relationship, then you can talk about the relationship that's important, God. He wanted to model authenticity. And you know what? A lot of times when you're on a journey, you blow it, you mess up, you need the support and the strength of somebody with you. That's why you need a small group. You're going to hit bumps in the road. Matter of fact, you're going to fall flat on your face. I have. Uh, when I carried my bag in, I can remember some of the trails. We had a guy that was a massive man in our group. And we decided to be stupid and go off the trail and do sort of Rambo stuff. Don't do that out west. You can die out west. The mountains are huge. And uh, our big guy, when we're going down this very steep ravine you should not go down, he tripped, twisted his ankle. His ankle swelled up like a balloon. We were like, how in the world are we going to carry this guy out? And he just toughed it out and kept hiking and we made it out but I can also remember being in the, on the Grand Canyon Trail one of the hardest trails I've ever done but for a lot of reasons and I got dehydrated and if it wouldn't have been for the other guys in my group I don't know if I'd have made it out I had to humbly go hey guys will you take my pack I can't carry it Guys gave me walking sticks. Walked as slow as I needed to go till we got out. We need each other. It's a journey. Second step is about growing. It's about maturity. So as a church, we want to send people out in relationships so they can talk about relationships. Um, the last thing Jesus said in that, that passage he said, verse 20, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God will never send you out alone. He's with you. He's in relationship with you. Even the Trinity speaks of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It's relationship. When you look out in nature, you even see when things are healthy, they grow. That's how God made it here, to keep us on track. So if I was um, going to share one important thing about the journey and the grow aspect, I would share this. And y'all are going, well, that's obvious. It is obvious. You know, I've got a guy that I love to death, I respect. One of the one of the best men I know. I mean, he'll do anything for you. And uh, we live life together. I talk thousands of times about, man, the Bible, it's so important. It, man, it, the relationship you get to hear from God when you read this book. But you know, week in, week out, he was in the gathering. 
It just it didn't click. And then last week I got a text from him. Hey man, I got in a group and we're reading the Bible. We're studying. We're, I'm in it every day. I'm like, man, awesome. You're taking the second step. You want to really grow in the small group so that you can really connect and, and rub shoulders. And as the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. You got sparks when you do that, but it's, it's going to make you sharp. And so um, this is important. I heard a story that I'll share with you in this as I'm wrapping up. Jesus said, teach and obey, and so the Bible's key. Uh, I've actually personally experienced taking Bibles to unknown people groups, uh, excuse me, not unknown people groups, but uh, people that have never had the Bible. I did that when I was in my 20s. We went to a village in Mexico that uh, had no power, no water. Uh, we had to take a donkey, uh, load it up with Bibles. Uh, matter of fact, two little girls in the mud hut uh, that we went to, kept giggling like they'd never seen somebody so pale. Uh, they'd never seen a white person. And um, I'll never forget that. So I, the story I'm going to share, I can relate to it. The Bible's important. Uh, the Gideons do a great work. They hand out Bibles. And it's amazing how God will use the Bible to change people's lives. And this Gideon missionary was in South America and he was going into the village, and they, he was exposing them to the Word of God. And, and the villagers kept saying, there's this one man, he's destroying our village. He's a drug dealer, he's bringing drugs into our village. And the guy says, I'm going to go talk to him. So he took his Bible, he said, hey, I want to I give you the Word of God. And the guy said, man, if you give me that Bible, all I'm going to do is rip every page out and smoke it with a, a joint and the missionary was shocked he said that'll be okay he said just promise me every time you rip a page out you'll read it and so the guy said alright whatever and so he, he took the bible three years later the missionary was coming back through the villages and checking on the, the towns and he had heard about a revival breaking out in this village that he had been to and he went up to the drug dealer that he had given the Bible, and he said, man, what, what's going on? And the guy said, man, I'm going to tell you my story. He said, I, I became a follower of Jesus. He said, when you gave me the Bible, he said, I smoked through Matthew. Then, then I smoked through Mark. Then I smoked through Luke. But then when I got to John, it smoked me. Guys, this is the first step. And for some of you, you're, you'll be ready to take the second step. God's moving on your heart to get into this book. I mean, like really get into it, not just gather. Great. Uh, we want that for you. Discipleship's a journey. Growing is a journey. And we're going to walk with you as leadership through that. Um, let's go to Lord in prayer. Jesus, I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you for Community Heights. I thank you for what you're going to do with our church. I thank you for the influence and 
the people that are coming uh, to know Christ in the future. Lord, I just, uh, I'm claiming that promise. Help us to be ready for growth. Help us to do what we need to do. Help us to be faithful. We just pray it in the name above all names, the Lord Jesus.